0: Gold and silver relatively flat on the day. Stock markets not moving much as the big news this week will be the CPI report, which comes out Wednesday morning. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Mark is here with you for Arcady Economics on Tuesday morning, July 11th. Certainly glad to be back here with you as I have returned from my trip to see Fortuna's Gold mine in Seguela was over in Cote d'Ivoire over the last weekend. and it's really quite a pleasure to see their gold mine that they built over the last year and a half. and quite an impressive operation. We'll have some footage from that in the next week or so. You get to take some video and also do an interview with Jorge there. So I think you'll find that interesting. It was exciting to actually hold one of the gold dore bars that they poured while we were there. so, a great trip great to see how much effort actually goes into bringing gold out of the ground not silver at that particular mine but we'll have some more on that again in the next week or so and for now did want to dig into some of the latest developments in gold and silver going to go through some data today and to start with let's take a quick look at the prices as Pretty quiet morning so far in general in the financial markets, gold and silver relatively flat on the day, stock markets not moving much as the big news this week will be the CPI report, which comes out Wednesday morning, followed by the latest PPI report, which comes out on Thursday morning. Again, shortly ahead of the Fed's July meeting, going to be a significant piece of data and We'll dig into some of that as we go along here this morning, but you can see the silver price in the futures down just almost three cents. And again, just taking a look back, we see here on January 1st, silver slightly over 24, so about a dollar lower on the year, which I suppose in one sense, you could say, given that the Fed has continued to hike and continue to hike further than was previously expected, With the market still pricing in largely two more hikes this year, which was what the Fed indicated at their last meeting, you could say that seeing silver only down a dollar is not the worst thing in the world. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to a Fed pivot and rate cuts, which even the Fed still says are coming, yet so far has not happened. And perhaps we will need some more turbulence in the banking sector to see that happen later this year, which is certainly possible. know there's some people who think that's a given that we'll see those later this year i would say that it's a possibility depending perhaps uh banking sector stays intact commercial real estate impact not felt later this year so whether the interest rate cuts come this year or next year the importance of the timing perhaps less significant than the fact that even the fed and their own economic projections Continue to call for the Fed's interest rate being a full percentage point lower by the end of 2024 and about 1.2% lower than that by the end of 2025. So again, will we see it this year? Only time will tell. But in the midst of that environment, silver down a dollar on the year and now down only two cents on the day, taking a quick look at the gold price, which had sold off Last week, while I was watching gold come out of the ground, uh, up six dollars today at nineteen thirty-seven. And you can see if we look back here, the gold price starting the year about fourteen dollars lower, nineteen twenty-three. So, in the midst of the environment, we're in, I know obviously gold and silver investors want to see the gold and silver price higher. Yet, with everything that's gone on with the Fed's monetary policy, perhaps not all that bad in the grand scheme of things to see that the prices are hanging in there, especially now with the markets largely pricing in another 50 basis points of hikes this year. So obviously we will keep an eye on that going forward for you. And perhaps one of the uh, best things to look forward to in the silver market is again, as we've talked about on the show, Rafi has commented certainly on his Friday report, see the open interest in the silver market has gotten pretty low as of this recording at 119,000 contracts, basically the lowest level until we go back to 2014. And also interesting that on the latest COT report, we see that the swap dealers, which we will approximately call the bullion banks, had been short about up to 15,000 contracts in recent months and you see as of last week now short 36,400 long 35,261 so short just about 1200 contracts which is on the lower end of that that range and traditionally has been one of the better indicators of when a price decline is just about done and has often been a marker of when the rally is about to begin again. So that along with the lower open interest in silver, perhaps signaling that hopefully the brunt of the sell-off that we've seen over the past two months is done, not that the price can't go lower. And perhaps in the grand scheme of things, if you're investing for the long term, not entirely the most important thing out there, because I would say that the Bigger factors that led me into gold and silver that have led a lot of people into gold and silver, which include what the Fed is doing, of course, the debt load in the U.S. Um, The only thing that's changed there is that both of those situations continue to be exacerbated. Perhaps the Fed on pause right now with their money printing campaign yet. I continue to look back to how even as the Fed is saying that they're going to hike interest rates two more times this year, they're also talking about how. By the end of next year and the year after that, they're going to be doing a lot of cutting. So I suppose each person has their own matter of perspective of how they're looking at this, whether you're trading short term or investing in the metals as a hedge against the systemic risk that we've seen yet. Either case, some indications, especially this one right here, that perhaps the brunt of the sell-off has been completed. If we take a look at the commercial position here, which not just the banks, but also some of the producers, you can see that it's come in a bit over the past few months, was over 40,000 contracts net short, now down to about 30,000 contracts net short. Again, you can see one of the themes that we found historically throughout these COT reports here when the position was pretty short. The commercials was around the top of the range. Then silver has declined lower since then. And interesting how you see the commercial short position, often almost an inverse of what's going on in the price here. You see that hump up mirroring the same time that there was a blowout in the short position. Again, a similar pattern here. And certainly you can pause this and take a look back, but you see that trend somewhat consistently. So Anyway, seeing somewhat of a reduction in the commercial net short position. Now over to the COMEX registered stockpile. Obviously the bigger trend has been ever since the silver squeeze back in January and February of 2021, where you had 150 million ounces. Steady decline in that metal. There was a big addition a couple of weeks ago, right ahead of the July delivery cycle, had gotten as low as 27 million ounces and about 12 million were deposited. We've seen some of that come back out as the deliveries are ongoing today at just under 35 million ounces at 34.55 million. We'll see in the next couple of weeks if more of that metal is used to meet deliveries. Although again, when you see the bigger trend here, a lot of metal has come out. We also did get the latest LBMA numbers in the last week while it was traveling. And interesting that finally seeing a little bit of an addition going from 848 million ounces up to 859. If we take a look further out again, you can see here right around the same time we saw it in COMEX, a big decline in the inventory has stayed flat for just about half a year now, somewhat of an increase, like I mentioned last month, but still a lot of that metal accounted for as it is in the ETFs. And perhaps one of the things saving this number from going lower is that so far in 2023, India, which set a record with their demand, about 304 million ounces in 2022, has really dropped off a cliff. India often a bit more of a price sensitive buyer. So with the price higher, we've seen that number come down. Uh, Very little metal going into India so far, which has perhaps save the market from a further decline in the inventories. Taking a look at the funds, this does include COMEX as well. You can see really since April of last year, a big chunk of metal as represented in the blue line has come out of these funds, again, including SLV, COMEX, and the other ETFs. As the metal comes out, you see that's indicated by the red lines here. Been a bit more balanced over the past couple of months, so. I would say just based anecdotally on the people I talk to and the things that I read, it seems as if there's a degree to which the market is in limbo, waiting to see what gets sorted out with the Fed, when those cuts will be coming and has balanced out a bit more over the past couple of months. I know certainly the, the sentiment in the silver community is A bit frustrated, although when you take a look back to where we were just about six or seven months ago in September, October of last year, silver dipping under $18 and still almost a 30% 30 rally since then with our 23 and change price as we sit today. Look at the gold market. Gold did see some significant inflows Earlier this year, right around the time that we saw some of the banks going down, now seeing a couple of weeks of outflows in a row, which has coincided with the drop in the gold price down to about the 1935 level today as we're recording. So in gold, we're seeing the inflows and outflows a little more closely match what's going on with the price. And again, we'll get a big clue as to what to perhaps expect going forward. With tomorrow's CPI report, which general, the forecasts are that the number is expected to come down quite a bit, perhaps closer to that 3% range. There was a note I found interesting yesterday. Used vehicle, year-over-year price decline, second largest ever, as they fall 10.3% from a month ago. Another note here from Bloomberg, U.S. consumer borrowing rises at slowest pace since late 2020. 2020. Total credit rose 7.2 billion, smallest advance since November of 2020. Non-revolving credit decreased 1.3 billion, first decline since April of 2020. Adjusted for inflation, consumer spending has largely stalled after surging at the start of the year. Delinquency rates, meanwhile, are ticking up. So we're seeing the impact of the higher rates and a lot of the economic data shows that things are slowing down quite a bit and it will be interesting to see what we have in the CPI report tomorrow. Then you're also dropping out last June's figure, which was one of the bigger ones. So that will help the year over year calculation as well. Whether that is enough to change the Fed's mind in in just a few weeks, you'll see right now, futures market pricing in a 92.4% chance of another 25 basis point increase and a 7.6% chance of another pause. And if we take a look out at the probabilities, we see the favorite being that we're going to get one more interest rate hike. There's that 92.4% of a quarter point hike next meeting, although 72% chance in September that it stays at the five and a quarter to 550 range and 56% chance that we're in that same range in November. Here you can see the probabilities that we get the second quarter point hike 22% in September, 34% in November. And as we go further out into next year, you see that market pricing in that the cuts will begin, which would match what the Federal Reserve is saying as well. So we'll get some key data points towards that Wednesday, as well as Thursday when the producer price index comes out, as these will be the last two government BLS CPI and PPI readings before the Fed's next meeting. And another note that came out a couple of weeks ago, but didn't get a chance to mention it yet, is that the North Carolina House Republicans want state savings held as gold bullion. We've seen a lot of the states come out with amendments, whether it is to remove taxes from gold and silver, use gold and silver as savings, which I find interesting because it's not just the BRICS or foreign nations that... Are talking a lot about gold and having a larger involvement of gold in their monetary system. But you see a lot of the states are concerned about many of the same issues that likely you are if you're watching this right now. We had a similar amendment in Texas. And now here's a bill that proposes for $400 million worth of gold to be purchased. And dissatisfaction with the Federal Reserve is at the heart of the North Carolina bill. So again, that same sentiment many of us are facing. The reason the federal government is consistently and increasingly devaluing our currency to begin to set aside an amount of physical gold over the number of years will put North Carolina in better financial position should the devaluing process turn into hyperinflation. That is from Representative Mark Brody, the bill's lead sponsor. So. You see that there's concern inside the U.S. as well, and that's perhaps not shocking given the significant level of price increase that has been experienced in the U.S. over the past year. So has gone from something different from just gold and silver bugs warning about the Federal Reserve and that a lot of money printing would lead to higher prices, now something that Americans and people in countries around the globe are seeing firsthand no longer theoretical and leading to some increased attention around gold and silver, and noteworthy to see that given that we're now, perhaps not yet at the end of the Fed's hiking cycle, getting pretty darn close to it. Again, it was different last year when Fed was just beginning to raise interest rates, yet now here we are with interest rates over 5%, and the Fed even talking about rate cuts coming in the future. And One can only imagine how that will all impact the markets once the cuts begin. Certainly, I think there's a chance that that could really change the tone of gold and silver once you see the Fed finally reverse course yet again. And if you add on banking issues or commercial real estate issues or a recession onto that, certainly has the potential to exacerbate everything that we're seeing. So Again, the next two days will be some big data points in that, and in the next two weeks we will get the Fed's decision, and certainly the commentary on what they're seeing going forward will be next key milestone in that process. With that said, just before we wrap up, I'd like to thank BlackRock Silver, who brought us today's video. BlackRock did have some updates on their projects a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, they've done a lot of drilling at their Tonopah West project, have been incorporating that new information into their geologic model, which includes the step-out drilling they did last year that has increased the strike length of their vein system to over three kilometers. And now they're getting ready for their next drill program, which will infill the Northwest step-out area. Also, they've finally begun drilling at their Silver Cloud project, where they got their 70 grams per ton gold, 600 grams per ton silver readings back in early January. And now they're getting set to test approximately 500 meters of strike along the high grade vein where they have the potential for a multiple vein scenario similar to the Midas mine system that is nearby in the region. And this drill program is going to test that to find out if that is indeed the case. So you can find out more about that at BlackRockSilver.com. And thanks again to BlackRock for bringing us today's show and supporting what we're doing here in getting information about the gold and silver markets out to you. That said, going to wrap up for today, but hope you're doing well out there. Great to be back here with you, and we'll look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.